0: wish you knew more stuff wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party don't worry you're not alone that's why we have enlisted skillshare to help you out that's right skillshare is a proud sponsor of the a7fl and the a7fl's three-on-one podcast We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast, click the Skillshare link and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast right now, do the thing, click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face.
1: Hello, this is Derek Duncan of the A7FL Nevada division owner and your host for tonight's podcast. We are missing Mr. Casey Cox. I'm sure he will be dropping in here shortly. But on our line, as always, we have the division manager, Chris Vera. How are we doing tonight, Chris?
2: Uh, could be better, but still trying to, uh, to get better. But I can't miss any more of these, so I'm here doing my thing.
1: Well, this is the one time I can call you a sick fucker and really mean it.
2: <laughs> in all actuality
1: right and uh casey just popped in so when he gets live i'll just casey just drop in whenever you're ready but i do want to introduce our astute guest former division manager and now territory area manager for a7fl southwest we'll call it for now until we get an approved name but a7fl west uh nevada and la territory manager kelly hurst
3: hi guys
1: Welcome to the pod, Kelly. We've been talking all day about all kinds of stuff, but we brought you on today to talk more LA. But before we get into that, what's new in your world?
3: Um, you know, I'm getting ready to start this upcoming season with A7, both Vegas and LA. Excited. Um, you know, football is good on every day of my life so every day is a new adventure in football but outside of it real estate here and there spending a lot of time with my family loving my dogs so I'm I'm good nothing overly exciting but at the same point in time I wouldn't have it any other way
1: yeah I call bullshit I I was on a call with you earlier today developing what would be the equivalent of a Super Bowl weekend and you said you got nothing really exciting going on okay I see how you are (laughs)
3: Hey, that's part of football. So that, <laughs> okay. that is, you know what, that's part of my football journey. So at the end of the day, that's, it, it, it keeps me up at night sometimes, but it also keeps me going. I believe that without certain aspects, but we're doing it in the A7 and our other collaborators, I would, I would be missing a huge piece of me and, and my extended family. So those are part of my daily activities that I love looking forward to, but that's, yeah.
1: Well, and I'm going to put you on the spot real quick, because I don't really know 100% the history. And I think our fans and listeners to this podcast would love to understand Kelly's football background and how you came to the A7FL.
3: So football background started way back in, I think, 03, 02, something like that. Um, I was a football girlfriend, ultimately a football wife, which meant a lot of football games, support, helping out volunteering, ultimately became happily divorced, but loved the game and stayed married to the game. Um, From there, still kind of bounced around from a couple different teams, got into management, started out as volunteering, got into management, ultimately became a partner in a team, realized that partnership was not for me. From there, I did own my own 11-man semi-pro team. Um, that is where I ultimately got into a league called the Pac West. I met Donnie Bunak, who became one of my dearest friends. Um, and although he's no longer with us here earthly, he's with me every day. Um, and basically through Donnie. um, I had heard about A7 on LinkedIn. Actually, I think it was Lewis that hit me up, but I didn't really bite too much on it, and within a short time, Donnie shared that he had joined the Nevada division, and we started talking, and I kind of lived through the first season that he was with you guys, just kind of observing and hearing the phone calls and the, you know, post-game feedback from him, and he introduce me to you guys and it's kind of um, been an amazing history from there and I'm looking forward to a really good future.
1: That's pretty deep so <laughs> your uh, football operations background is probably runs deeper than than mine uh, for sure and uh, maybe not Chris's he's been running teams and leagues since I met him when a lot of years ago we're not going to get into details on that <laughs> but uh, yeah right. <laughs> Uh, So uh, obviously you've been an absolute godsend to us. So I want to thank you for everything you're doing and bringing your talents to the Nevada division and now running LA for us and running the territory for us before both sides. Uh, So uh, do you think it would be appropriate to tease the a seven championship, which I'm affectionately calling seven bowl because I bought the because I bought the domain.
3: (laughs) I think that, The A7 Bowl is something we should be talking about on a regular basis between now until July. I think it's an amazing thing we can share with our followers and kind of have them live through the working pieces of it with us as much as we can share. I think that would be an awesome thing to do.
1: Well, it's a good day to do that then, because uh, earlier today we had a call with me, Chris and Kelly, uh, working out the beginning framework for what would be our championship weekend at back down to Anderson Automotive Arena in Bullhead City, Arizona. So we're playing on a neutral site. Uh, some people would say that is an advantage for Vegas, and I hope it is if we actually make it to the chip. But uh, it is a neutral site nonetheless, and uh, the league has asked us to see about commandeering it for that weekend, and we're going through all the motions and putting together a nice little weekend with music and uh uh, exhibition games and potentially a big money flag tournament or a big money tackle tournament, depending on how this whole thing fleshes out with multiple partners, not just a seven FL down there. Uh, music festival already said, potentially, uh, a, a rave has been discussed, uh, a lot of good stuff. Uh, so we're excited. Uh, Probably going to be meeting about this every week until it gets solidified and looking for sponsors for the weekend. So if you know anybody with some dough that wants to uh, expand their brand through us and our championship down there, that's a 7,000 attendee space. We're setting it up for concerts, uh, 4,500 when we're setting it up for, for football. So we're hoping to sell that thing out for the weekend and make some real bread to fund this league for years to come.
3: Well, and a huge shout out to Anderson um, Field. They are amazing. Ed and Elizabeth and their staff. They're accommodating. It's a beautiful facility. They're very supportive. They are attentive. So, um, you know, anybody who is listening, who's interesting in checking out a really cool facility, they have a lot of additional events that are there obviously we definitely want to see you at our event but huge kudos to ed elizabeth and their staff and i can't speak enough about how they have made us feel welcome they've supported us and i see a great relationship with them working forward they're an amazing facility
1: i agree uh and chris and casey you guys had the uh fortune of spending time at the arena for the battle of Bullhead and our fall chip. Uh, what do you think about hosting the A7 championship at Bullhead, at Anderson Automotive Arena in Bullhead City, Arizona? I
2: think it
4: would be I, incredible. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think it's going to be incredible. I think it's amazing opportunity. I don't really see a facility like that in this area that we could host it at that would make any more sense than that. After being there the weekend we were there, it's just, it's perfect. I don't see any other facility that would be better. So I think it'll work out great. And I think it's going to be a fun weekend.
1: We'll be, we'll be counting on you, Mr. Play by Play. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for uh, letting us get that off our chest. We're, we're excited about talking about it and hope and bringing the whole thing together. But the reason we got Kelly on the call today primarily is to talk all things A7FL. LA all things, a seven fl Southern California to be more specific and talk about the goings-ons down there and how that's coming together. We've, uh, for those of you who don't know, we were planning a full rollout and discussing, uh, how we were going to roll out Derek, me taking, uh, control of the LA division. And we're going to do some sort of cool, crazy press release. And that never really came together. So I'm announcing it yet again here, uh, a A7, seven flla LA is part of a seven fl Nevada's ownership group now, and we are operating and controlling it with the help of David Meltzer and his crew down in Southern California, but we're taking the primary op- operations while David is the connector and uh, helping us with some networking things down there. Uh, so hope, hoping we can turn LA into short order what Vegas was at least last spring. And then hopefully into the fall and then to hopefully into raising to the prominence that we've had in Vegas. So there are some roadblocks and Kelly. I I, I don't know if I should just give you the floor to talk about all this. Cause I, unfortunately for me, I know it all, <laughs> but we have you on the podcast as our guest. You should be the one talking, right?
3: LA is an amazing market. Um, I think that LA has the potential along with Vegas to be the two. And I'm sure this may, ruffle a few feathers, but that's okay. I think that the West Coast is going to be the force that, uh, pardon the whole Vegas force thing, but we are going to be a force, our two divisions um, that continue to push A7 along. Um, Although A7 has grown leaps and bounds, it's an amazingly amazing people. I think that with what we are hoping that we can well i don't want to say what, we're, what we are going to put together and what we have been working to put together um is going to allow a seven to just blow up on the west coast um there ha- i think a seven's been out here for two to three four we're seasons going, we're
1: going on our third season so it was san okay. diego uh the first year and then la last year and now la san diego mix potentially this
4: year
3: So, and also Inland Empire. So we are, we want to definitely make sure that any area that's interested in the Los Angeles or Southern California market has a place. So if you're listening out there and you, you may be in Vegas, you may be somewhere else, but if you have family members, friends, associates that play football, that love football, that have an interest in football, you let them know that we are ready, we are coming and we want to hear from them, number one. We definitely want to include as many um, parties that are interested in jumping into the Los Angeles phenomenon. We want you guys alongside with us. We want you part of us. Um, sounds like haven- a pretty good
1: team name, the Los Angeles phenomenon. Don't put a pin on <laughs> <in> that one. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, I mean, football in Los Angeles in general, um, from the pop Warner teams, we've all the way up through our, you know, although I'm not a Los Angeles football pro pro football fan but we're a football city we have been a football city and we will always continue to be a football city there is a huge demographic of players that just don't have a forum in which we are trying to present to them it's it's something they haven't seen um building in you know uh, weekly games or tournaments every other week however we can make la understand who we are how we are what we're doing um i see no end to what los angeles can be knowing our staffing knowing our ability and then knowing the partners that we do have in la mr Meltzer, his people like it's literally a recipe for huge success so i'm again i don't see where we're gonna go wrong i think whatever we put together in any of divisions that we work in they're gonna be huge
1: so uh, and to be, to be straightforward, we had to take a step back this season. We lost some folks. Some of our organizers moved out of the area and moved to other territories and are likely going to be starting new A7 divisions in Texas as a result. But that res- that move, although it's great for the league, not so great for L.A. because we were – or SoCal, we'll call it, because we, we've been left uh, shorthanded on team operators. So, uh, Kelly, how many teams do we think we're going to have March 26th? Or what will the – Outlook before March 26th, I guess is a better way to ask that question.
3: I, at this point, we do have two teams that are on paper. They are interested. We work with um, the aces and we're working with Aaron, I believe who's going to be the vibe. Um, I'm those two. We have basically solidified definitely the aces for sure. Um, I think that, There is a couple other people on the fence. I would love to be able to pull the third team in and get them in and done. I don't know necessarily that's how or what will happen. At the end of the day, at that point, that's where we may need to look at tournament-style play and invite as many people as we can into what A7 is doing.
1: All right, we'll we'll segue into what is the plan for March 26th, if any. My
3: understanding is, and the way that we had talked about is that 26 is that we would have our opening game between the two teams. Um, That's the goal. Um, uh, In the event that an additional team does not come along from there going forward, we would go into tournament style play.
1: Okay. So March 26, we're going to kick off with uh, the LA aces versus either the vibe or another team, or we're pretty sure it's going to be the vibe.
3: It, it, it would be either the Vibe or the Heroes. Those are the two team names that we have. I do believe that Aaron has the majority of the Vibe players that are returning, um, but that will be determined within the next few days.
1: All right. And then the tournaments we're talking about, uh, I, I should probably take the lead on that since you have said to me no less than 14 times, I don't know how to do tournaments. Stop bringing it up if you want me to run it. <laughs> i'll do all the admin i'll
3: I'll welcome the players in but all the logistics on the field yeah that's all you
1: (laughs) right so uh, the plan and we hope it's going to generate interest in la and bring folks out to to see what we're doing and give us a shot is to host some either low cost or no cost tournaments with cash prizes to uh generate interest so let's say we throw out just, just for a round number, $1,000. You come play for free. So many guys put a squad together. A7 rules, we'll do the day. However many teams turn up and go up against each other, we'll do a full day of football and win, win or take all. But hopefully getting contacts and meeting with some folks and doing that, let's say, every three weeks or every other week or whatever that looks like until we generate enough interest to finish out the season. We have the... Uh, great task of developing uh, a champion out of L.A. We need to have, I, I believe the way that we've structured the playoffs is two teams out of L.A. will face two teams from Vegas, the five and six seed from Vegas after their season's done will travel to L.A. to take on their one and two seed, and the w- winners of that will play in Vegas in the semifinals the following the following week, uh, If if I remember how it works. And ultimately, the bottom two, from Vegas, go to LA, and then the winners from there come and play in what would be a either semifinal or chip to send our West Coast champion on to, to Ohio to play against Ohio to see who's going to represent the West because Ohio is being considered in the West in the championship at likely Anderson Automotive Arena on July 23rd this year. For our chip, for $25,000 on the line, So a lot of things building towards that. Uh, If anybody has any ideas in LA, how to bring the masses out besides maybe a guy like Snoop Dogg volunteering to be our commissioner. Oh wait, that already happened. So what's the holdup? How come, how come we don't have a thousand football players banging down our door when we've got one of the greatest football leagues in the country in one of the greatest football spots in the country that doesn't, that doesn't compute to me why, why, why do you think that's not working
3: i think i don't think at at i don't think we've got the coverage now that we're getting the snoop dogs we're getting the ben roethlisbergers we're getting coach mike we're getting numerous we're getting we're getting respected professionals who have played and lived the sport um saying hey these guys are legit athletes. In fact, some of these guys are equal to what we've done. I think that, um, more traditional tackle football for the longest time has been the standard in Los Angeles. Even, um, eight man football was never, never really caught on, um, for the longest time, fall football was the only football spring football was considered weak. You know, um, the spring leagues were never successful and probably three to four years ago, there was a change and everybody went to spring ball. So the fall maybe has one or two, maybe two leagues doing fall ball. Um, from there, I think you slowly started to see a certain amount of respect given to eight man. Um, obviously with the recent boom in flag, you've had flag get a lot more respect when it comes but but I really think the mindset in Los Angeles was always traditional padded 11 man ball that's all football was. And if you played anything different, you weren't an athlete or you weren't a football player. So I think now that we're getting the recognition, I just think that number one, a lot of players have not been properly introduced to what we do. And now we're making that available. I think that having the support of the variety of people that are now coming alongside the league that are getting involved in the league, I think that that is, and I think really it's been an issue of timing and I think it's just been an issue of not having enough eyes on what we've done I think Vegas has done an amazing job to put a seven on the west coast on the front of things um a lot of players in Los Angeles were like, what's going on in you know what's going on in Vegas and um even some of my guys in San Diego were like oh well you know once I mean they were even naming players on specific teams and I'm like you guys play eight-man ball in like Mexico what are you oh no, we're watching. And I'm like, well, if you're watching, why are you not up here? You know, And it was just, we don't know enough or there's just a lot of unknowns. And because we're taking those out of the equation, I think that we're gonna see the lack of having the hundreds of players or thousands of players that potentially could be here. We're taking the unknowns out of the equation. So I think ultimately the sum of the whole equation is gonna be, we're gonna have an amazing footprint within the next six months.
1: You don't think it's because we pay less than the colleges do down there?
3: Um, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to reserve comments.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Might be one of the reasons right there. (laughs) I'm
1: just playing. That's, that's conjecture and it's all legal now, so it doesn't matter. Right.
2: (laughs) Well, I think that it's also like Kelly was saying, you know, when you start having something like this, it's been, East Coast centric for so long, because I mean, when I started watching A7, I started watching from these, you know, games from the East Coast, not from the West Coast, even though L.A. was already um, a division. So now that I'm seeing this and and Derek, I told you about some of the people that have come to me that have talked to me about A7 that had no idea. Um, I think that everybody's starting to uh, hate to put it this way, but stand up, take notice and they're starting to watch the games. And you're hearing more and more, even players, you know, ex-players that have played in the NFL, coaches, what have you, talking about it because it is a, uh, it's great to watch on TV, and it's even better in person. So, I just think that it's, you know, time, time for everything, and I think now is the time for A7. So we've got a lot of people that are interested in it.
1: Yeah, and the unique thing for me is the L.A. to Vegas connection is, is strong in virtually everything we do, right? So it, whether it's rivalry or support, there, there's this built-in pathway for, for L.A. to Vegas. People leave L.A., sell their 2,000-square-foot home for $1.2 million and retire in Las Vegas in a, in a mini-mansion, right? So we have that whole contention of people who have left Southern California for Vegas – because of the advantages that you get in Vegas but they still have all these ties to LA and if we're not trading on that somehow and making that connection happen I think we're we're missing the boat there but I I want to from Kelly's perspective since you've now witnessed what it looks like to grow a division from scratch LA LA aside what do you think is the the most important thing for a new division that want, for let's say a, a new division owner that wants to bring in a division to their location, what's the most important thing for them?
3: I think your support staff is huge, whether it be your division manager, whether it be your coaches, your captains, your game day staff. I think that sharing the passion and I think sharing the vision of what the division owner is looking to do I think that's key because I know that I could not do 99% of the things that I do if I didn't have an owner like you. I also know that there's other things that I could not do if I didn't have a counterpart like Chris or Coach Q or some of the amazing coaches that we had. So I um, I think that's a huge piece. I think your support staff and, and, and being honest about where your vision is, being honest about where your passion is and being okay if people don't share that same passion that they may not necessarily be at the same point where you are. Um, and then from there, number one, that passion and that um, the outlook, everything is very um, contagious. Your Players are around, but they have to find people they believe in, people that they're comfortable in, with, people that will follow through with their word. um, And that comes from the top down. So I really think as any division owner, even existing division owners that might be struggling with the growth of their division or um, success in certain areas of their division, I think they really need to look at their circle. Um, I think understanding the landscape of their football community, Um, for instance, me seeing from 2003 all you know all the way back of how football has changed um the seasons you know first it was fall now it's like only spring seeing how eight man has now been um and understanding and seeing how players have gone between 11 man eight man um i think all of those are huge pieces so it's it's just your environment And the people that you put into that environment will definitely weigh heavily on the trajectory of whatever your division is.
1: That's beautiful. We need to sell that to somebody. I'm sure there's a ton of value in what you said there. So thank you for that.
2: Don't know Uh, if I could could say it better. I mean, that's, that's um, one of the things when it comes to business, you know, having that circle and and, uh, making sure that the people around you have the same vision that you do say that all the time, but, Kelly couldn't have said it better. That's what you just said is so true.
3: Well, and I mean, it is the times, I mean, little times, sometimes that we're out there and, you know, just kind of look at each other and saying, Hey, I get it. You know, having a time where I can perfect. There, there was a time in, in uh, the championship game during fall that I just kind of looked at Casey and I was like, we get it, you know? And it was that connection of knowing that we're on the same plane um, times that I've, I've reached out or, or talked to coach Q or John, or, you know, different people within our division that we've been able to connect. And because of the football and because of how we move as a division and our shared love for one another, for what we're doing, that allows it to grow. So I, I mean, I definitely value my time with the people that I'm with in addition to what I'm doing. So finding that place is huge for any division.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, having, having that, um, I guess you could say that friendship that you have <clears throat> and not no infighting or anything. Everybody sees things the same way. Everybody's out there just doing what's right for the league and trying to make sure that we're we're coming off professionally and we're doing everything that we need to, to uh, make things happen. Um, it's, it's been a joy working with you guys, really.
1: So the one thing that didn't get mentioned in that, which I think is probably equally important before you share your vision is to sit down and write out a business plan. So you understand your vision, right? I, I don't think, most people, when they get into football, treat it as much like a business as they need to. They have a good business idea, and they have an idea how they want to execute it. But putting it on paper and understanding a five-year goal, 10-year goal, and working backwards from that five-year, 10-year goal, and understanding how you're going to get there puts a lot of things into perspective for a business owner who's who's developing a roadmap to to success. I don't see that happening with most individual team owners and that, that I come in contact with from day to day. They're like, no, it's football, man. I got a team. I got my players. Here's what we're doing. Like, it, yep. And that's what you'll be doing forever. you You'll may get lucky and grow likely. You'll get unlucky and fold. Eventually. If you, I, I had someone said, say to me in a business meeting six years ago, if you don't, if you fail to plan, you, you have literally planned to fail. And I have made that my mantra with every single thing I touch in business these days. So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to sit down, write a business plan around it, put, make sure the assets make sense, make sure I can achieve, attain those assets, and then go execute and then watch that business plan and execute it a- as I laid out and then and go back and revisit it every month to say, okay, is this still working for me? Is this what I still want? So I, I would argue, not argue, I would recommend that if you're starting out a business of any sort, sit down write on an outline and then put, fill that outline in with real, real items. All right. Well, that's my soapbox for the day. Uh, you,
3: know, you know, I want to add to that too, Derek. I think that that is a missing piece in a lot of amateur minor league, uh, you know, whatever label sports that any of us have probably been experienced in. I definitely feel without a doubt, the lack of, business acumen and the lack of planning have been a huge downfall to multiple teams and leagues. And I urge any division owner team, even a coach who's not, doesn't have an ownership, ask people around you that are doing it successfully. Don't be ashamed to ask what you think may be a stupid question because it, it, there, it, you may spark an idea in somebody who is successful that is going to become even more successful because the question that you asked so i would urge anybody especially if they're trying to start something within the a7 is to reach out to these successful division owners And be realistic when you write down those numbers, do your research and make sure that your field costs or, you know, whatever costs or, you know, whatever it is you're looking at is accurate and tap into the people around you that are doing it. Because I know the circles that we have within A7 are more than happy to help somebody that's going to be doing any sports related thing, but especially if it's A7, ask as many stupid questions as you can, because in reality, none of them are stupid.
2: No, the only stupid question is the one you didn't ask,
1: and that's a perfect segue into, and especially especially I was talking about LA. I, I had the great fortune of spending a little bit of time with David Meltzer about a month ago, and he was doing one of his pop up uh, meetups, and each of us got a chance to to ask a question, and one of the answers to his question, I don't remember what the exact question was, but it was, "Don't be afraid." even if you're successful to ask for help and, and that's fine. But the way he broke it down for me kind of made it stick in, in my heart to where now I'm rethinking the way I do business as well. This is how great Derek, how great does it feel when you're able to help someone else? I'm like, I love it. He's like, why are you not allowing your friends and associates to do the same thing for you? And that, that hit me like a wave at that point. Like, Oh my God. I feel like I, I I can never ask people for help unless they're attached to my thing, because why would I waste their time, right? That that's just the the way I've moved my my whole professional career. Like if what I'm doing isn't going to benefit you, why would I involve you? I, I, we can talk about it if you're interested, but I'm not gonna reach out and go, hey, can you help me with this? You're not involved. Since I've had that meeting with him. I've actually reached out to friends and family members and, and other business associates. Like, Hey, here's what I'm doing. I'd like your help. And a good amount of them said, dude, that's amazing. We want to help you. I'm like, Oh, I never thought that that would actually happen. I didn't bother asking anybody because why would I, (laughs) but we don't talk about minor league football when I'm in your office selling lights, but now we do.
3: A, a huge piece of that too is anybody who is successful. How many failures have all of us gone through to get to a success? I don't want and... to talk about her. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no! Trust me, I told you I was happily divorced, so trust me, you you understand that one. But I think sharing our failures allows anyone who's struggling. Um, a certain amount of grace for themselves to realize they're not alone. And it does take how many times of us doing something wrong to get it right. So asking about someone's failures, there's no shame in that sharing your failures is no shame in that. So again, with, with people who are interested in any business, being human and giving grace to yourself is something that you, all of us need to do probably on a regular basis. The majority of us should do that. But, um, there's a lot of things that it's okay that we don't get it right the first time, just as long as we don't give up. So I think Mr. Um, I think David's advice was golden.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's it's been game changer for me. And I will continue to live life the way I always have, but in instances where I feel like bringing someone else in the mix so that they can get some benefit from helping, I'm going to do that more frequently. I'm not going to be the guy that's standing up asking every single person in my contact list for, for help. That that's, I'm just not that guy. Maybe I'll become that guy one day. That's just not me. But I think there's some value in it for people who who, who like to do that. I, I just it's hard for me to get
2: my arms around it. Anyway, enough about my internal dialogue here. Um, hmm. So, you know, what they say, show me your show me your friends. I'll show you your future. That's a good point. And thank God you're my friend. Uh, <laughs> so
1: sentiment, I, I, same. same. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so and you too kelly i was just responding to chris that, That's not make sure you don't want me here i'm not going
5: anywhere <laughs> right
1: and, and and the church and the church mouse is sitting in the corner that's not saying anything with the new short hair
4: <laughs> that's true casey yes i know I'm, okay i've been coughing <laughs> sorry that's no nah, no sweat
1: so uh sticking with the business plan and future plans kelly let, let's talk uh we, we've kind of talked about we don't really know where L.A. is today as far as what how we're going to finish this season, but we've got plan A, plan B, plan C laid out. Are you, are you prepared to talk about the fall?
3: I believe that a fall brawl in Los Angeles is going to be a huge game changer for us. I think the success we saw in the Las Vegas area will be, um, equally matched in Los Angeles. Um, especially that Los Angeles does not have a lot of fall football going on. Um, I think giving guys, you know, leading through whatever spring looks like. And if we continue to maintain some of the contacts and do some events through the summer, I think that that will be a huge building opportunity to make 2024 spring out of control not necessarily out of control but again phenomenal um I would love to see a minimum of four if not six teams in the fall brawl um and ultimately lead to six to eight teams in spring of 2024 um I'm I'm ready for it I'm here for it um we will start staffing for it now I mean I'm I saw What I saw in Las Vegas from the first or second week I was out there through February was an unstoppable growth um, when it comes to Vegas. And I think if we start with that same mindset now, by the time we get to fall, uh, LA will have an amazing fall brawl or whatever type of event we would want to put on in fall. And again, continue that through the beginning of 2024.
1: Yeah, we should do it in San Diego where they don't play football anymore.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, I believe that San Diego is an untapped market. I There's a lot of guys that go over to Mexico to play eight-man ball. There is a huge flag community in San Diego. Um, I would love to develop parts of San Diego to have their own fall brawl if, if, if we can get the, the I mean to me as far as that is concerned I think that there is no limit and that's why I start building now getting the interest now even if we were to do fall brawl San Diego and LA like I don't think that that's something out of reach obviously we want to solidify Los, the, the greater Los Angeles area first but yeah San Diego is a huge untapped market and they have always had Less representation in minor league football than Los Angeles has. And there's a ton of untapped talent down there.
1: You know, I think you t- touched into something, which is part of the reason why Vegas had so much success. L- LA, football market. Vegas, not historically a football market, underserved with football. So we are hungry for it. So when something like A7FL or XFL or USFL, or whatever, comes to Vegas, people get excited about it when it goes to san diego people get excited about it when it comes to la they're like what the fuck is this this isn't the nfl we don't give a shit about it we we have to do something different to differentiate ourselves from the nfl which we are inherently a differentiator we just need to be able to explain it well enough i i tell everybody who asks me what makes your league great I'm like do you like boxing like yeah we love boxing how do you like ufc well we like it better
0: wish you knew more stuff wish you were more helpful around the house or had an understanding of something that people are talking about at a party, don't worry, you're not alone. That's why we have enlisted Skillshare to help you out. That's right, Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the A7FL and the A7FL's three-on-one podcast. We want you to get in on the good stuff now. So go to the link right below in the description or wherever you're watching this or go to a7fl.tv slash podcast Click the Skillshare link, and you get a free 30-day trial because you are a fan of the A7FL. So do the thing. Head on over right now to a7fl.tv slash podcast, or click right in the description below if you're watching us on YouTube, or if you're listening to the podcast right now, do the thing. Click the link in the info below and sign up now. Do 30 days free because of us here at the A7FL. Well, because, because we love you. We want you to have cool stuff. And now back to this piece of A7FL content, more than likely showing my face.
1: Like, why is that? Because the people that are boxing are all prima donnas and there's too much money involved. That's that's the A7FL. We are the UFC. We are to the NFL. what We are to the NFL what UFC is, is the boxing. And once people start to see it like that and hear that story and understand that these guys are not, protected uh, uh, elite folks that they are working class, hardworking guys, hard, hard nose family people that they have a much greater respect for what they do, putting in that type of work on Sunday and then having to wake up six o'clock on Monday and go to work like that. It's a different level of fan and a different level of player that understands who we are. And we have to do a better job telling that story. And there's no better place to tell a story than Hollywood. So with all of the things that are happening between Vegas and Hollywood and Mark Wahlberg coming here and saying he's going to make Vegas Hollywood light, we also need to make sure Hollywood stays Hollywood when it comes to football. We, when we do finally get you know, the right production going on and we can get a reality show or some sort of documentary that talks about who we are, why we are, what we do having that LA to Vegas connection and the resources that are in those areas to put on a production like that, it's almost just flipping a switch. You don't really have to do much back end work. You just find somebody who knows what they're doing and go, Hey, do this. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. So I, I completely got us off the rails. I wanted to talk about continuing the plans for LA. Not that a reality show isn't in the plans because it absolutely is, but using that and helping people understand that, you might get more athletes turning out because they all want to be on TV or they all wanna be on a show so they can have the status in LA. Right. My my challenge with the, the LA citizen who lives in the athletics or entertainment world is they're all is not they're all there's a lot of folks that are looking for status and something on their name to trade on. You know, influencers are king down there. And you know, if you're an influencer you can go into some places and get free food where in Vegas that's just not happening. So there's a lot of nuances about the region that we need to get a better understanding for of and tap into. But I want to segue back to the point that or the, the question that I was asking before, which is plans for, for the fall. So tapping into all those resources, getting things on the books, getting fall, going in LA for sure and solidifying that and potentially San Diego. What what do you project as a start date for the fall?
3: Um. I'm, this is where my whole like traditional mindset starts. I always historically have started fall football no later than like the last week of August, like right prior to the holiday, if not right after, what is that, Labor Day, um, and then go through the end of November. That's just what I've always done. That's always what I've been part of. I know that fall brawl in in uh, Las Vegas took a little bit more of a, of a winter feel, and I think we started... I think we started it the first week of December. It's just it's um, too
1: goddamn hot to play in August out here.
3: Right. So, I mean, I, I really, I am always like, that is probably the only part of me that still kind of believes in traditional football, but I'm open to whatever we collectively decide to do. Um, that would be my target. My my hope would be, the only thing is that I'm thinking, that's scary. So we're ending our spring season in July, we would need to ensure we have, we don't let too much time pass to lose interest or momentum from guys from let's say July all the way to December. I could even see starting a happy medium, maybe late September, October, finishing through and then having something end right before Christmas. Um, so that way we're only including one holiday meaning uh, Thanksgiving and we could have solid football. But honestly, I think our options are pretty much open. I don't want too much time to pass. But then I also don't want to put fall brawl right on top of, of uh, spring. So that is something I'm open to, whatever, you know, as, as, as an overall. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to see what the, what type of numbers that we have. But, I mean, for me, I, I tend to lean on the traditional side of fall football dates. Well,
1: right. well I say that we – start talking to the fields in the areas now and whatever date makes sense that we can lock in. We go ahead and do that. So we are already set for promoing throughout the spring season. Cause the one thing that we haven't done properly in Vegas for all the accolades we've been given for everything that we've done, right? The thing that we've done the most wrong is piss poor planning on my part by not setting dates six, nine months out and then building up to events six to nine months ahead of time. I, I never get the traction that I want for fans. I always have, I have it for the majority of the players, cause we got their attention now, but fans require, you know, multiple hits over the course of three to six months to tease them, tickle them, have them do a save the date, make sure their calendar is open. And then three months ahead of time, send an invite to them. It's like, Hey, this is happening. Two months. Are you coming one month? Why aren't you here? Two weeks? What the hell? and then you know but keep that whole momentum going so that they they know we're coming that everything's locked in and it's not a last minute thing like like i threw together for the battle at bullhead like although it worked great we got a lot of attention and everything kind of worked out it could have been way better had had i locked that in three months prior or even six months prior
3: so no i definitely like we can this week start you know honing in our dates um luckily the good thing is, is sundays for football um because the schools don't generally use their fields um so there's a lot of pluses um having sunday football the only downfall is of course we're well, not for me, because I take my little phone and peek every now and then on the field of what scores are. But if for some reason there'd be a competition of, let's say, people wanting to watch NFL. Um, but outside of that, once they see us, they're not going to care about NFL anyway. They're going to want to come to A7. So, um, But yeah, let's hone out those dates now. We can start throwing stuff out there. I mean, I'm all for starting to plan early. You know me, missed deadline. So we can definitely do that. And we will have an announcement shortly on what uh, you know a seven fall in LA will look like I'll be glad to get that rolled out and put together
2: well and it wouldn't be a bad thing to start it like you said Kells, the end of August beginning of September it's not like Vegas LA and San Diego's beautiful at that time of the year it's not going to be real hot it'll
1: Absolutely. be hot for LA but not, it won't be Vegas hot we won't, we'll be looking at them going okay so it's 110 in Pasadena no that's not happening so no. but yeah we can pull it off you know way earlier than we can Vegas so
3: and even our sure. hot days they're not that hot I mean come on we, we can all deal with and, and, and it's not like we're going to be you know Vegas on now at this point we're looking at 10 hours of football like at that point I would love to have 10 hours of football but Even if we're at six hours of football, we're not at six hours of football in 110 degree, 120 degree weather. So, yeah, I'll definitely start working on that and we'll have a rollout. You know, our listeners will have a rollout date for a seven fall in L.A. within the very short time.
1: Okay. now follow up question to that, not to dilute what we're going to do for the fall. The fall in L.A. will be a full length field outdoor because we have to get people prepared for spring. In Vegas, we are literally working towards taking our fall season indoors and doing an arena version like we did at the Michelob Ultra Arena during the Desert Dogs halftime and having potentially a 16 team field, two locations, or six, f- 16 team field, meaning how many teams it will be, not what field they're playing on, and potentially having two locations because there's not really an easy way to fit eight two-hour games in a single day and not burn out our entire crew and staff and and all of that. So with us potentially wanting to go to 16 teams and having Vegas be the home of, I'll just call A7 Arena for now until we come up with with a great name for it. Do you think teams from LA will want to compete in a Vegas division? Do you think teams from Phoenix, Utah will travel? on a weekly basis to play indoor arena a seven style possibly what what's your guys' take on it?
3: I don't see why not. I think there's, there's some guys that just want to play inside those walls. I know plenty of players. There's a whole group of guys in San Diego. If you're not within a walled, you know, eight man arena, you're not playing football. And that's why they choose to go over into Mexico because Mexico, the bigger the hit against that wall, the bigger the crowd roars. Um, So I really think that you will find guys that would be interested in traveling because that's what they crave. They crave that small arena. They crave the walls. They love the hits, even with or without padding. Um, So I think you will have a certain market that will come to Vegas for that. And I also think on the flip side, if there's guys that do still want that outdoor hundred yard field, I wouldn't doubt that Los Angeles might pick up some competitors from other areas that still would crave that outdoor hundred yard option. I think that we would see a lot of of people who may be interested in traveling or crossing into other areas. I I do not put that out of the mix at all.
2: And I always say, crazy is crazy. Guys that play football are partially crazy. I know that for years. So I think it's uh, it's one of those situations where guys are going to come in and play. The guys that want to play are going to play. They're going to find football somewhere.
4: Now All you're right, talking that- about doing the uh, the 16 team like arena style, um, and you say it's going to burn everybody out to do. You know that'd be eight games in a day. Have you thought about trying to spread that out over the weekend, doing a Saturday Sunday?
1: I, I have not, but that's not a horrible idea. The cha- the typically the challenge is finding a home that is willing to give up seven or eight okay. full weekends in a row. Right. So th- that would be the only challenge for that. Right now, the couple indoor spots that we are we've been talking to. We've only been talking about Sundays. I've not even thought about a Saturday, so I will certainly ask them that because that may make a little more sense, especially for potentially guys that are traveling up from L.A. If we did most of the travel games on a Saturday, that might be a little easier on them, so they're not driving back in Vegas to L.A. traffic on a Sunday because we all know how much that sucks.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Well, and I definitely and the- think you're going you're gonna to have guys that crave that arena. I mean, I know plenty of guys that that's – and even some of the local eight-man teams in L.A. and I know a couple of the ones in um, Vegas that although they're playing eight-man, they're like, okay, this is not the same eight-man that we're used to playing because we don't have the walls. Um, so, And there's a whole different appreciation for eight-man indoor with the walls, once you've actually seen it and experienced it. So I really think you will have people people um, seeking that out and willing to make the travel to that. And I think it's an amazing idea for A7 because it's taking a whole nother spin on our game and putting us in a in an additional thing where we're taking the lead on something that hasn't been done.
1: And speaking to that point, are you aware of any arenas in the Southern California area that would potentially want to host something like that? Because I could see us also traveling with this and putting, you know, uh, guys on two buses and rolling down into a certain location and then hosting games in another area to, to raise awareness about the brand, raise awareness about the sport.
3: I know there are a couple um, indoor um, walled arenas in San Diego. Um, I do believe there's a couple out in Palm Desert, Palm Springs area. I'm not sure about locally in Los Angeles, but I can definitely do some peeking around to see what we have or, you know, within the surrounding, you know, suburb area, the outskirts of LA. Um, But definitely San Diego, Palm Desert. I know that those two have and they host uh, eight man padded ball right now, or they have in the past. So that's, that could definitely be an option for traveling down this way as well.
1: All right. Well, then the last thing that I was kicking around and thank you listeners for listening to our, us, try to plan the future of LA and Vegas on a podcast. <laughs> I don't know if it's interesting you guys, but I'm fucking loving it. Uh, so one of the other ideas was, Uh, in the in-between when we're when spring ends and fall starts we've got a lot of dead time and one of the thought processes was uh, for the areas we're looking to grow into so Phoenix Salt Lake City uh, Mesquite St. George we're gonna we're gonna kind of combine them together Bullhead Laughlin uh, Mesquite uh, not Mesquite Bullhead Laughlin Kingman combine them together and let's say, uh, someplace in Southern California that's not really getting attention right now, where San Diego, LA, i.e., maybe there's another spot like Palm Desert that you said that would make sense. Every weekend, moving from one one location to location and doing a small A7 tournament, advertising it, start start building it out now, advertising it now, and then go from town to town doing tournaments on on what effectively would be a recruiting and mini-camp each each weekend out there to recruit for those areas to then turn on potentially a league in that area or recruit guys out of the area to play in the established areas until we do grow those areas what do we think about that well
4: i'll say this you got a built-in broadcaster that loves to travel so
1: there you go so we got we got our play-by-play man
4: so
3: with those be like all-star teams the two teams that or or we literally are we going to bring some of our own players as well to participate in that or are we just solely looking for like a 100% recruiting
1: 100% recruiting so basically $20 buy-in cash tournament teams get formed either if they've got a group of guys that are coming together they they bring their team in or guys play to get in pay to get in and have a have us take a look but we do tournament style play that weekend and you know, give out cash prizes for for it based on whatever comes in.
3: I think that's awesome. I think that that's, it's a good, it's, it's a great idea for two reasons. One, it is expanding the brand and it's introducing people not by our words, but they're seeing it. It's, it's something happening right in front of them. So they get the feel, the smell, the taste, the, everything wrapped up into it being right there in front of them. So that in itself is the best piece of uh, work we can put out as far as quote unquote, like sales PR, whatever you want to call it. Um, Additionally, what that's going to do is it's going to create, I would hope a desire for other cities, maybe to hit us up and say, Hey, we want a tournament here. So it's not only going to generate interest in one place, But the goal is that it will spread to other places and we'll start actually getting requests for people to have us to come into their cities.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. We should like reach out to the Chamber of Commerce's in each of these cities that we're talking about going to and say, hey, we're thinking of coming. What's the best day for you in this window and what type of things are available to us? They might just throw us a bunch of free stuff just to get us to come.
4: Absolutely.
2: Well, they do that for uh, softball tournaments all the time. So yeah. why wouldn't they do it for a football tournament? That makes a lot of sense. in
4: baseball tournaments
3: too, so yeah. And then something simple we can do is, is contact maybe one of the local high schools and um, say, hey, you guys want your booster club to come do our concessions. So now we have wrapped in the booster club, number one. So the school is now involved. You've got families that may be interested. Okay, we might not get the concession money. The school will benefit from that. But now we've developed a relationship with the school and an athletic program within that school, yeah, we could have made a couple of bucks on concessions, but the relationship that we will build with that school slash booster club slash athletic family is worth way more than whatever we could, you know, and we wouldn't have the responsibility of that either. So there's a lot of areas that you can grow those smaller tournaments into larger long term relationships with stuff that's very simple and small like that.
1: Well, all right. You guys got any uh, other ideas? Those are the things that I- I've been kicking around. You know, I, sometimes I drink entirely too much and these things just fly
2: out of my mouth. So yeah, I think I'm going to have to start writing some of myself down.
3: One that's thing I definitely... look at it later. <laughs>
2: that's, a, that's a good
1: idea.
3: One thing I definitely think we should do on our off time. So in the the in-between times, while we are doing the recruiting, I would love to see, some of the A7 All-Stars, some of the local guys from
5: our divisions reaching out and, and holding camps and holding, doing things to introduce A7 to other, um, you know, within our own little communities, whether it's a certain area, whether it's contacting, you know, just making sure that we stay visible. Um, obviously, the guys are going to take the off time to stay in shape, do all of that, but also that's our time to reach out to our communities. So I would love that, If we can, while those of us who are kind of doing the footwork on recruiting, we still have a very strong hold on our local areas to where the guys are still getting involved in the community. So by the time that first game comes in fall, Number one, these players now have relationships built with their community, but the community is excited about partaking in the A7 kickoff or, you know, whatever it is. Well, not kickoff, but kickoff of the season. Um, So then that way there's a relationship built and there is a desire from the community to come out and see these guys that they've had a chance to get to know play some good A7 football.
1: Yeah, I think that's a brilliant idea. And I don't think we do enough of that in Vegas. We've got some really great, talented guys that have that, that are teetering on being celebrities but to the kids in the area that have seen them on tv they're they're definitely celebrities i just watching the kids go crazy in that arena the other night with, with having no clue who these guys were the fact that they were standing on a field wearing a uniform they're now an idol for these kids and i i, I you know you sometimes you can't smell the forest when when you're amidst the trees right i forget how impactful as a kid it was for me. And we need to, we need to be using that leverage to help kids, you know, get on the right path to give them some entertainment and to help grow our league. That's a great idea, girls. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that. And I know that we have the
5: resources to do it and we have, we do have an amazing group of guys. And I do think that, you know, even if we, even if we spark interest in one child's life to take a particular path, then every bit of whatever work we've done, we have done is worth it. So just that one kid, or maybe it might make a change in one of our players' lives. Like they do not realize their value. They love their game. They love this, but they don't really realize how much they may impact a child. And that may, that one time being out there may change them. So one thing I love about our league is that we're, we're not just looking at one facet. We're also trying to take good care of the athletes that are trusting us to put on this league for them. Um, and so we definitely want to take good care of them too. So as long as somebody walks away feeling better about whatever we're doing, I would love to see those events happen.
1: That's a nice segue into March 19th, this Sunday, Las Vegas is putting on a fan appreciation day from 10 to to noon. And then we're doing our preseason Jamboree tournament from noon to four to so people can come see the a seven players potentially get on the field and compete against them if that's something you want, or just go hang out with them see who they are and, and learn about them maybe if you're interested get an autograph or take a picture or. Maybe throw them a ball or do some one-on-ones with them. Who knows? But we're going to make all of those things available to our fans March 19th. That's this Sunday, Bonanza High School, 10 a.m., and then our Jamboree tournament where you can see these guys take on each other and work out their their kinks to get ready for next week. Uh, so that's this weekend, Sunday, March 19th, 10 a.m., Bonanza High School, followed by the following Sunday, March 26th, Banana High, Bonanza High School, 11 a.m., a full day of football, 11 a.m. to 9.30 p.m., it's going to be amazing. Uh, so, now that I've done the shameless plugging, uh, Vegas, we have a bunch of things that we are in the midst of finally gotten figured out with our uh, player conduct contracts and our player contracts, and uh, we just learned uh, – I I hate to admit this, but, you know, sometimes helping people understand exactly how stupid I am is is a benefit. Sometimes usually it's a detraction, but, and we had a coach's call last night, no, sorry, a referee's call last night and went over all the new rules of the A7FL. One of those rules, which was not new is that there is no free agency in the A7FL currently the team you're on week one, you're on the remainder of the season. There's no jumping around according to the league rules. So we've been doing all this back and forth in our chats about how should we do this? How should we do free agency? How should we handle trades? Not even an option. So I, I will be pushing that information to the coaches in our, in, in our chat. when we get off this uh, podcast and, it's just interesting how some things, you know, we're like, man, we need to have something in place. Well, there was already something in place. I just didn't do the research to figure out what it was. But Kelly knew.
4: <laughs> I was going to say, Kelly did the research. She just <laughs> never told <heard laughs> any of
2: <laughs> us <She> did that. <laughs> Kelly was always doing the research.
1: Kelly, by the way, I, Kelly, I think your Bluetooth died because you, you went from having a, such a great sound to sounding like you're four Under feet the from car. the phone. Right. That nope. That's so weird. I wonder what
5: happened.
1: I don't know. So I think maybe you sneezed and swallowed your Bluetooth speaker.
5: <laughs> and it's funny because I'm not even on. This is very weird because I'm not on
1: a Bluetooth. I'm on my phone. Oh, maybe you hit speaker and then turned the speaker off or on. I don't know. So, some, someone, did you get water in your speaker?
3: Is that better? Yes.
1: There I don't you know, know what you just did. I don't wow. know what
3: the heck happened. So yes, Kelly knew because Kelly is hashtag nosy Rosie.
1: She's not nosy. Not not nosy enough about her phone though.
3: right (laughs) um yeah i'm that crazy girl that will read the rules 10 times to make sure that i know and sometimes i still get them screwed up but um we'll work through it i think the guys are going to be okay with it we have a great group of coaches and i think that regardless of where they land they're going (laughs) to be awesome so that's we're going to be happy about it even though some people might be a little disappointed but it's still going to be awesome we have to talk awesome
1: and one of the things that so thank you for that. And then one of the things that didn't d- get discussed on the call last night that they're still trying to figure out a way to implement is I introduced a new uh, onside rule for the referees to review after we got off the call last night. Will, Will called me. He's like, dude, I forgot to bring this up. I need to have one more meeting about this, but I can't find the right person to meet with. I'm like, well, it's you and I do it. So we fleshed it out. I don't know if it's going to happen this season, but The onside rule that I've proposed is only if you're down by at least nine points outside of two minutes, but outside of two minutes, anytime in the game, you can elect to go for fourth and 25 from your own 25. After within a two minute warning, you can do it at any time if you're down. How do you guys feel about that as a way to try to keep some of these games a little closer?
4: Dude, I love it. I love I love the sound of it. I love the idea. Just imagining it in my head. I think it works because we don't have a punt. We have a throw-off. We don't have a kickoff. We have a throw-off. We don't have the punt. We just kind of have the three-on-one throw. Why not give this other option of this, you know, if you're down by X points, go fourth and 25. I think it makes sense in our style of game, and I think it'll work.
1: Fourth and 25 from your own 25, though. So if you don't get it, you're effectively giving the ball to the other team on on your own 25-yard line or however far you get down the field. So just like an onside kick, they're, they're high risk, high risk reward.
4: reward, exactly. Right. Exactly.
3: Well, and definitely keeping the games closer and keeping them, you know, that kind of takes up the whole sense of competition. And everybody loves to see good competitive games. And if if there is somebody that's down and this can bring them back right into the game or at least one or two steps closer, I think that it's going to be good for the overall game.
4: It makes the game more
3: exciting, I think. Absolutely. I have to agree with Casey on that one. Absolutely.
1: Well, it has the potential to make the game more exciting because if they don't get it and the other team gets the ball and then scores again, now they're down at least 15 points. (laughs)
4: Well, that's, but that in itself is like, oh, well now, now you took that risk. So that's exciting to see. Now can you make the goal line stand to stop them from scoring?
1: Yeah, and, and you only that, give the you only give the lesser team one play, so yeah. No but fast here's too. the thing,
3: and that will that will hopefully provoke interest in making sure that guys are reviewing film and showing up to practice and becoming better competitors, so they're not in that position. So at the end of the day, if it doesn't even make the game more exciting, hopefully it'll get the off field you know, starting a little bit of fire to get these guys because they're all competitors. And so if we can get that, that comp the competitive spirit going and it means that they're really putting the work in off the field, that may not happen again. So that might be a really humbling experience that's going to make the next game twice as exciting.
1: Uh, and then the last big thing that got discussed and will now be added to the rule book is a rule about hair. One that Casey was super was super happy to be involved with. <laughs>
4: hey, I had to get involved so, somehow. I was quiet the whole other time. So.
1: Right. So, so the rule now will be that the hair, if 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 long hair will be part of the uniform. So you can be tackled by your long hair without penalty. I tried to. I, I voiced my opinion that I thought it needed to be hair below the nameplate so that the same the same tackling location. But the referee said that that's a little too much of a judgment call for us. If you're going to have long hair, it's going to be eligible to be tackled by. So Pac-Man Jones, you need to put your shit up, (laughs) bro. Tie your hair up, bro. L.A., put your shit up, (laughs) bro.
4: Last night, you can get grabbed by the top of your head and pulled down because you have long hair.
3: Yeah, there was a few dreadlocks that were out on that field. So, yeah, guys, tie it up.
1: (laughs) show show
2: easiest thing to do
1: well that was that was my fun One of the things that i wanted to make sure i got out into the public uh kind of rules changes other things you know we got some rules clarifications and things that nature but that's all kind of standard part of parts of the game there, there's the only thing that's weird that uh, that i recall hearing in our game is that the offensive pass interference is a 15-yard penalty and apparently in every other league it's 10 i didn't even know that i thought it was 15 everywhere else so Uh, But outside of that, I I didn't really hear anything too crazy. Guys, what about you?
2: I'm just glad that they decided to utilize what uh, Will and I talked about, which was the ability for a runner to use the ball to keep himself up. Yeah, that was was
1: ridiculous that that wasn't okay before.
2: Yeah, put the ball on the ground, you're down. I thought that was always uh, – to me, that was always a frustrating piece. And also the piece about um, a player going down on his own and not being able to get back
1: up. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you. So if a player goes down untouched uh, on his own power, he can get back up and advance the ball. Uh, I thought that that was always a rule, and I believe that it was officiated differently in different areas because the way A7 is built is if it's not in the rule book, you default to high school, and in high school, if you fall down, you're down. So they're actually writing the rule in that says, if you go down on your own power and you're not touched, you can get back up and advance the ball.
2: Good job, Chris.
5: Awesome.
2: <laughs> Just little things I brought up. So, I, I mean, I, I, you know to hear them uh, being put in as, as regular rules is great because I think it'll also um, help out with the uh, gameplay. Because, I mean, if you're if you are constantly, as a ref, if you're constantly sitting there watching the rules and trying to understand them, you're missing things. To have these guys being able to play and, you know, kind of ball out, it's easier to ref a game especially one that's so fast. I mean, our game is pretty damn fast. So it's it's good to see these changes that are being made.
5: Right me, up. I Me,
3: what I took away last night, which I didn't quite realize, but the reach of the experience of the pool of refs that we had, I know that Preston's guys are, you know, their experience is off the chart, but hearing some of those other guys that came onto the call, hearing Preston talk to them and them talking about all of their experience, like knowing that we have such a a rich group of officials, I was floored. I had no, you
5: know, I mean, I
3: I only know a lot about us, our divisions. So seeing that, you know, some of the other guys that came on and even though they may be reffing in our division, I'm not going to know their background. I was very impressed and and definitely the respect value that I walked away with. Number one, them being able to understand all of it, doing it as fast as they do, but knowing what they bring to the field, whether, whether we like them or not, whether we agree with them or not, we definitely are blessed that we have the experienced pool of people that we do out there officiating the games.
1: Yep. We just need them to throw the damn flag. Right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> you, you, you want me to throw that every time he does it? Is it a penalty? Yes. <laughs> you
3: me, yes or... <laughs> and to all of our <laughs> <laughs> listeners, I would like to disclose that Derek was very clear about throw the damn flag. That was definitely one thing he shared on that call a few times last night. So trust me, we have put that in their ears. So guys, yep. make sure you pay attention to the rules.
4: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yep. Oh man! Somebody would All ask. Right. So, what do we do in this situation? Derek said, "Throw the flag." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and then worry about
2: thing, it. We'll, we'll change it later.
1: <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, I, I think we've uh, beat that to a uh, pulp, and uh, we've run the amount of time we normally do on these things. So, I'm going to start uh, asking for parting shots. Uh, I, I guess I'll start. I just want to say thank you to all the folks on this call, this call right now, but I want to give a special thanks out to our board, the A7FL Vegas Leadership Group. We had a great call great before call. this one, uh, kind of working out the details of our player conduct and how we're going to operate the Player Relief Fund and the things we have coming up for the next season, how our board's going to operate. Just a really great group of, of people uh, I want to spend another, another great shout out to John Woods. He doesn't have a team this season as a coach, but he agreed to come and be our uh, stats and official scorekeeper. And in doing so now it's created a paid position for him by, by the league. We hope I've, I've recommended John for that position. So just want to congratulate him one more time and say, thank you. want to thank him for accepting the position in the first place that because he wasn't going to have a team and that the, the reward is going to be, he's being elevated in his status and working for the actual A7FL corporate league. So, uh, good job, John. Thank you. Uh, Chris, what you got?
2: I think I'd just like to thank everybody on the call and say, you know, it's great working with you guys. It's great working with people that share your same vision. Uh, D thanks for putting the vision together and letting us come out and do our thing with it. Um, you know, you, you, uh, give us the respect and and also let us run with the stuff that we need to. So appreciate that. Appreciate you inviting me to be part of the podcast as well. Cause I know that wasn't from the beginning. And I think that uh, moving forward, all the stuff that I've been hearing with LA and um, all the potential, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And so can't wait to dive into it. Thank you, Chris. How about you, Kelly? You have anything you want to leave us with?
3: Well, of course, thank you guys for having me on. Thank you guys for including me in what we're doing. Um, definitely shout out to the coaches, the players, the other support staff. Uh, shout out to any, you know, definitely the guys at the kind of corporate level of A7. I want to say a special shout out to the wives, girlfriends, moms, dads, kids that allow us to take your loved one away for a couple hours, uh, you know, a, a week on on Sundays and whatever time they put in. Um, Although it may be an outlet for them, we definitely value your sacrifice of their time. we love to have you out there with us. But at the end of the day, we really appreciate that you trust us with your loved ones. So thank you for that. We look forward to seeing everyone this season. And I think that's all for me.
1: That's well said. And that's why you're the area manager.
3: <laughs> Good
1: Lord. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, so I had one more thing I forgot. I, I forgot to say. So we're still looking actively looking for sponsors and investors for for Vegas and LA. So if you guys know anyone who wants to be a part of this league, wants to be a team owner, a division owner, uh, or or just invest in what we're doing and and be a part of what we're doing from from a business standpoint, just you know as a VC of some sort, we're open to that. We're looking to raise another forty six thousand to finish up the season for both territories. We got our first uh, little bit in over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I'm very happy for that, but need, need about 46,000 more over the course of the season to pull it all together. So it's not coming just out of my pocket. So if you like what you're seeing with A7 NFL, want to get involved and want to have a piece of the action, please don't hesitate to reach out. Casey, what do you got?
4: Well, I'm I'm excited for what's getting ready to start um, Jamboree coming up. Then the start of the season, getting back into my comfort zone, back at the play by play. Um, being in the booth is kind of something I love to do and I've done for 10 years so I'm ready to ready to get back at that and um, just to be clear no I did not send Kelly a list of questions that I had for her tonight but every time I had a question pop up she somehow seemed to come up with the answer for it without me having to ask it so well
1: if you put eyebrows on a mirror and made Kelly think she was talking to someone else you you'd lose her for a couple days so
0: yeah <laughs> true <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, Kelly, thanks for coming on with us. Casey, Casey, will you please take us out, brother?
4: For me, I am Casey Cox. He's Derek Duncan, Chris Rivera, and and again, our special guest Kelly Hirsch. Thank you very much. Until next time, guys, we will see you on the other side of the ball.
1: No pads, no problem.
0: Hey there, it's Matt Ryan. Are you enjoying this A7FL podcast? Well, I'm glad you are, because that means you can give us money. That's right. You can buy our merch right now at tinyurl.com slash A7FLmerch. That's tinyurl.com slash A7FLmerch. Up there right now, we have some Thick Boy Season merchandise. We've got some Huss Huss shirts, and also we've got some Corey Hammond-related merchandise coming soon, a Corey Hammond, Corey Hammond's t-shirt hoodie and a whole lot more you can get all of them right now sent to you nice comfy and cozy at tinyurl.com slash a7fl merch and also you can find it in the show notes now back to that podcast you like